Shut up and sit down. Mad Gip Radio, episode number 5-0. If you don't recognise the voice flowing into your eel homes right now, I can hardly blame you, but it is I, Andrew, otherwise known as Lost Cause. And as always on my travels through the unforgiving plains of Betia, and that is a nine-page fluff reference, by the way, I am my fearless companion, the Satchel Panzo to my delirious Dan Quixote. It's Paul. How's it going, man? Hey, we're back. We did it. We are not dead. We're not dead. Despite the rumours, we are alive. The various and enthusiastic rumours to the contrary, we are in fact alive. Yeah. People need to stop contacting my wife to ask for my minis. I'm not dead. <laughs> They're not on eBay quite yet. And uh, we are back, being recalled from the veil to discuss the... And that's another plus reference, by the way, just in case <laughs> I was Tonight to talk about the 2023 points update, which is trying to shake up the meta across the world in all things Ninth Age and deliver some much needed balance updates to certain offenders across the uh, army books. Now tonight, uh, because we're obviously we're back after a little bit of a, a holiday, we're changing things up a little bit here on the podcast. We are adopting a new format where we're going to try and keep episodes down to one hour. We're going to try this for a little while, it makes things a little bit easier for us recording it, and hopefully makes it a little bit easier for you guys to digest it as well. But we'd love to hear your feedback on that, so make sure that you let us know either on uh, SoundCloud, uh, iTunes, or let us know directly on the forum as well, just what you think. But definitely not via the email. Do not contact us via the email. Paul and I have just discovered that we don't know what the email uh, password is, so if you have been emailing us with Various, you know, dick or other paraphernalia. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. not been able to. You're going to have to forward those dick pics uh, onto the forum. Yeah, or send them by post directly. If you could photocopy them, that'd be great. Yeah, we'll uh, accept hard copies. Wink, quick, nudge, nudge. Hard copy. Good one. Oh, we're back. Yeah. <laughs> Take this like two minutes. Back in. So uh, we're also moving things about, so we're going to start our episodes now by diving straight into our main topics, uh, but fear not, fellow listeners, uh, we will still be returning to our faithful salt mine, and we're also going to introduce a new segment onto the show called Hobby Heroes, where we're going to talk a little bit more about the hobby side of things, and specifically what's on our workbenches, where Paul has lots of exciting updates to give us. <laughs> lots of exciting plans. <laughs> <laughs> Very little physical, sort of actual things, but yeah, lots of nice things. Just think of all the future episodes where you're going to be able to talk about it. It's going to be great. Oh yeah, 2024's uh, Paul's year of uh, terrain. (laughs) (laughs) Terrain, here we go. (laughs) So, without any further ado, let's dive straight into the main topic of the show. Magic Radio. So on tonight's show, we're going to be talking primarily all about the 2023 points update. Uh, by the time you listen to this, the, the new books and their points will be released. Uh, but tonight we're going to focus specifically on the books that we play. So that is going to be Warriors of Dark Gods, Vampire Covenant, 
Emperor Sonsdal, Sylvan Elves and the Ogre Khans. Uh, and after talking a little bit more in depth about those particular army books and the changes that have occurred, we'll kind of step back a little bit, have a look across the planes and see who are the winners and losers and what impact we think that's going to have on the meta here in the UK and abroad. So I guess it's worth, just before we start going into the army books, uh, just to kind of very briefly recap what the objective of these points updates are. And primarily, usually year on year, they are just to kind of target books that are overachieving, books that are underachieving, and try and level Obviously, if there are any kind of common offenders in any of the other books, the idea is that they, they target eight and that the less picked options are balanced out. But this year, things are slightly different because we have 3.0 on the horizon, and uh, I don't think the, any of the changes are as drastic as they could have been and indeed I think quite a lot of it is quite conservative so that's something to keep in mind. But we also had the addition of little fluff snippets into the book. What did you think of those Paul? I think for the most part it's quite a nice idea. I quite like it. Um, I think it's something that's been sort of noticeably absent in the game is sort of readily available fluff and just having these little bits in books, I think is quite a nice little touch. I think um, certainly from the books I've read, there's been the odd little thing that I've sort of quite liked that's been mentioned in the, in the little snippets. Um, I think they're about the right length. They're not too long. They don't really detract from, you know, trying to access the rules and things in the book. They just add a nice little bit of flavour, which is good. Um so no, I think it's as as in the grand scheme of things, I think it's a fairly minor change. I don't think it's like gonna radically change anyone's view of the game or anything like that, but I think it is good to sort of have that a little bit more front and centre in the books. Um so no, I think it's quite a nice little idea. What about you? Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's uh, I think it's a really good change. I think it's really positive. It's, I think it's kinda of one of those changes that people think why haven't we been doing this? for years. I think um, I read all the, the new Fluff and the Warriors book and the VC and EOS books. I haven't read any of the others yet. But uh, I thought the, the it was I thought the little snippets are great. They give enough flavour without kind of forcing uh, fluff down people's throats. Um, yeah. I think they are the nice little kind of flavour snippets. I'd, um, s- I'd say from the two books I read the, the Sylvan one you know I, for whatever reason, I felt was a little bit more sort of meh, not unnecessarily a bad way, but it didn't feel like it really added anything new that I maybe couldn't have guessed at. There were a few bits that I thought were quite good. Okay. Uh, the Ogre one, much the same. Uh, the couple, a couple little things in there that I appreciated um, that they added. A um, couple of gripes about it, I'd say. And it's not really so much about the the idea of putting this into books. Like I say, I think that's quite good. But things like, you know, reading the older one, I just feel like, again, we've said it before in the podcast, but how, you know, the decisions around what the fluff is, I feel like the sort of whole Mongolian thing is just a little bit heavy-handed. Yeah. Like, I, I get when you base the faction on something from real life because obviously that brings with it 
a lot of connotations and flavour that you want to imbue within that faction. That totally makes sense. But for me, that's the point at which you then put your own stamp on it. So don't just take the same names and shit and call it this in this fantasy game. Um, that is the one thing that kind of bothers me about it. Yeah, we'll we'll come back to that topic, I think, when we talk about some elements of specific books. Uh, but I think long-time listeners will be unsurprised to hear that we are not fans of the heavy-handed historical connotations in the in the book. Yeah, go read the Vermin. Go read the Vermin uh, book oh, update God. that we did when that came out. That, that That's a good summation, I'd say. The only positive is that they are, I think, over time, toning that down. In, in the Vermin example, Phalanx is no longer a thing in the Vermin book, which is good on many levels. But uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll, no doubt there will be books to come where we'll return to exactly the, the same conclusions. Um, so yeah, so we're going to talk a little bit more in depth about the, the books we played, just because we know them best and we're able to comment a bit more about how the changes will impact uh, those armies. So to kick things off, since we've been talking about Overcans, Paul, do you want to walk us through all things fatty? Yeah, let's do it. So, I think, certainly with the two books that I've kind of focused on, which is Overs and, and Sylvans, I feel like the units which have received the most attention or the most significant change are the ones that have just been fairly ubiquitous in most lists. So, I don't think there's any major surprises in any of the changes in the overbook. Um, I think I took a note there's 42 different points changes in the overbook, 13 of which are, in, are increases. So the vast majority of the changes are points drops. God, look, you're doing your homework. I know, right? Like, God. I know. Work is very quiet at the moment. I've, <laughs> I've, I've, got, I've got the time. Um, so this research is brought to you by <laughs> <laughs> So um Yeah, I think you know, thirteen point changes, people can probably guess what they are. It's all the shit that's in everybody's list. It's pistols on Merc Vets, um they've gone up four points uh per model. So it's for that option now it's like twenty nine points per model to take pistols. Um which it's quite pricey. I mean, the grand yeah. scheme of things, it's only that's only twenty four additional points over for a unit of six, so it's more expensive. But you're still going to take it. Um, play armor on mercs. That's two points more expensive. Again, that's only twelve. Uh, well, I guess if you're running a mid size unit of six, then that's only twelve points. So all of these things probably do add up. Um, I've not costed what that sort of generic list would look like in terms of points changes. I, w- I would guess and say it's probably like one less unit of chaff or something. It's not yeah, going to okay. affect it that much. Um, the other things that kind of went up in the book that are worth talking about are Tribesman Darts got 10 points more expensive. Um, so obviously darts within over or over lists are, are super common and I think that for a lot of people when you build your core you're you're ideally looking at tribesman darts because I think before the points update like you know a min size unit with the musician was like 160, 170 points so the the main thing they competed with was was whether you wanted um, saber tusks yeah. 
uh, in core, which you can obviously, as of the last big uh, rules change, you can now obviously run units of five rather than having to run units of eight. Um, single saber tooth tigers are fifteen points more expensive now, so they're now uh, exactly one hundred points for a, for a single cat. Whereas before, obviously, they were eighty-five. So I think that's probably fair. Eighty-five points was dirt cheap for these little guys. It's Jaff. Additional uh, cats are cheaper though. So I think the the five-man size core units are cheaper. So they've sort of tried to balance that uh, that comparison between the darts and the, and the dogs within core. So I'd say okay. that's something that's maybe good. Um. I don't know if, again, if that obviously has a bearing on what your list does and what you want it to do, but I, if, you know, for some people, they'll just pay that extra because they don't really care. 10 points more is, isn't huge. For a lot of people, they won't even run musicians in their darts. So that maybe that's the, the, the workaround is to say, well, yeah. I was bringing musicians before. Fuck it. I'll just drop them and I'll just, nothing will really change. So fairly like superficial. Um, they made additional Tuskers two points more expensive, which I don't really see why they did that. Like, most people run a unit of four, so you're only buying one additional model. Yeah, so it's two, two points. points. Yeah, that's a bit it's, silly. It's totally negligible. Like, when I saw that, I thought, oh, they've probably made, like, the base cost of the unit cheaper, because I think overall... Tuskers are really, really good, and they're super popular. They were very popular at ETC. You know, a lot of lists had two units, some had three units. Um, but I feel like for their points, they're about right. Uh, if anything, I know some people would like them a little bit cheaper because, you know, it's it's the three wounds aspect. Um, although they've got a good armor and they're res 5, I think for some people, they would argue for their cost, they should have another wound. So the fact that it made them slightly more expensive... I don't really get. I think that's just a reaction to the, how common they've been as a pick. Um, but they're the only cab option in the overbook. And the overbook doesn't have a lot of unit entries. Like when yeah. you get to special, you're either taking Tuskers or Mercvets, or you're taking a completely different list and you're running of Monsters. So, like, I don't know. To me, I, it's, it's a bit of a whatever change, but I, I, I don't really know why they even want to do that. Mm. And then the big decreases in the book. Uh, is really, I would say, the shooting. So Bombardier is now 10 points cheaper per additional model. That's that's a lot. That's pretty big. Like, I was running two units of six. So that's actually like a fair saving. And yeah. both War Machines are cheaper as well. So if you're running a list where you have a mixture of that kind of shooting with Merc Vets, the Merc Vet increase is sort of offset by the powder keg decreases. So I don't know if that was necessarily intentional or if that's just a re- that kind of reaction to the frequency of those picks within lists. I'm not really sure. I had Bombardiers and Merc Vets in my ETC list. So I think that list overall is probably cheaper. Um the sort of other changes um, that are sort of interesting, I don't know if they're, they're going to like massively change the meta or whatever, but Vanguard on Mercvets are now five points cheaper per model, which is a pretty cool option um, for push lists. Uh, you're not 
the only cap on Merc Vets is if you take pistols, then you're capped at six. Otherwise, you can obviously run bigger units. So theoretically, running like a unit of eight Merc Vets that can Vanguard is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, especially given that there's a lot of other Vanguard ambush scout options in the overbook. Yeah. Um, and Yetis are also four points cheaper per additional model as well, as per this new update. So you could have a unit of six Yetis with like a Mammoth Hunter in it and a unit of Merc Vets, both with Vanguard. And you just take some like trappers and stuff that can scout and Vanguard and you can just like, if people don't deploy properly, you can get into someone's flank like turn one and like cause major problems. I think I ran a list ages ago against your vampires and it was when you were running your ghoul list and you had a lot of vanguards and you had the flying vamp yeah and i brought something like three kin eaters two mammoth hunters a unit of yetis and a unit of vanguarding mercs and we had a conversation about like we don't know how to deploy against each other because <laughs> <laughs> we were like this is just gonna this could be mental so i think that's cool yetis were actually quite common at ETC, but they were min-sized units of two. Um, so that point change isn't going to change anything from that style of list, but I think it's cool that they're trying to push Yetis or at least make the bigger size units more attractive. Because like a unit of six wasn't expensive anyway, it was like 360 points. And they're like four attacks, offensive skill four or five, it's should five. And they're moved with seven light troops swift stride. So they fast, they're fast and they hit pretty hard. They debuff agility. So if you're running a snow cow, you know, they'll, they'll get the hit first. They'll, the, the issue with Yetis is that they're res four with a five up armor. Yeah. So they're, they're pretty susceptible to be getting taken off at range, but still a cool choice. So overall, I don't think the points changes on orders are surprising. I don't think there's anything particularly controversial. Um, so, yeah, pretty. I would say pretty meh. I think the overbook is still pretty good. Like, I know it was probably when they did the most recent rankings, I think it was fairly near the bottom. Certainly from an ETC perspective, Ogres didn't do particularly well. Um, but I think the book is still really solid. And I don't yeah. think the points really change anything. No, it's compared to some of the other changes, it's all pretty cosmetic, isn't it? There's nothing huge. To... Yeah, it's it's the standard. Let's you know, we'll make things a little bit more attractive, and we'll we'll see if it changes much. Like, um, but I don't. I think if there's a sort of alternative netlist that comes about, I don't think it'll be anything revolutionary. I think it'll just be maybe something that people used to play. That will just maybe come back into fashion a little bit because yeah. it's a little bit cheaper. Like again, there's there's compared to most books, there's not a lot of unit entries in the overbook, so I don't think it's going to change much. Mm-hmm. The monsters both going down twenty points each is quite spicy. Yeah, the rocker rock and, and stuff is nice. I don't know why the the mammoth got cheaper, but if you want to make it cheaper, sure. Three sixty for the snow cow is unbelievable value. Yeah, it's a steal. It's really, really good. Um, did the giant go down? I know they changed the giant name, but I can't remember if the giant changed the points. Um, the giant didn't go down. No. But still the best giant in the game. Yeah, he's super good. 
just the the sort of faction upgrades you get is almost worth it alone. And I think the iron and the iron fist option is actually quite nice as well. Depending on what you what you're trying to do, like it keeps it cheap. And having parry on them is actually quite nice, and the extra attack. Okay, so things are looking all right in the ogre camp. Yeah, no. nothing, nothing major, nothing, nothing to write home about, nothing scary, nothing bad. Okay, let's uh, let's move over then into the pajama camp, and we'll, pajama we'll camp. talk very quickly about Empire Soul stuff because there's not a huge amount really to talk about here. I don't think. Um, first and foremost, the most important thing I want to take away from the, these changes is that the dragon was recalled or renamed. <laughs> Commanding dragon. Has it actually? It doesn't make sense, and it's stupid. Change. That's a that's a shit name. I like. I know we like to point out shit names on this podcast, but that's a shit name. Commanding dragon. Terrible name. Whoever's responsible for that, they need to answer for their crimes. Like the ogre giant got called a new name, but that was that was like a better name. Oh, that's part of the woke agenda, Paul. It's no longer (laughs) it's a mercenary giant. (laughs) (laughs) It's employed for his juice now. Yeah. Um, yeah, that terrible name. Imperial Dragon, would have, you know, something really generic would have been better than Commanding Dragon. What was uh, it before? It was just Dragon. It, it might actually have been Imperial Dragon, now I think about it. Was that I the think, That wasn't the Dread Elf before that changed. Uh, oh, it might have been, I can't remember. I think it was just called Dragon. Oh, yeah, because Imperial <laughs> Prince is the upgrade. It's yeah. only the mark to the Dragon. And it was just called a dragon, and now it's called a commanding dragon. So that's yeah. a terrible, terrible that's change. A, that's a pressure name. Uh, the fluff's quite good, though. I quite like the excerpts for the Empire. Um, the, the bits at the beginning, actually, I really liked, where it's like the map and it shows you where they are. Yeah. Uh, Don't get me started on the map. The map shit. Don't worry, I'm going to come back to that later on. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, the points for Empire, uh, kind of similar to the older, is, is basically minor points buffs across the board, really. Uh, the only things that actually went up in points in a meaningful way were the Knight Commander went up five points. Everything else basically went down, uh, or the Household Standard, sorry, went up ten points. But everything else got pretty decent uh, little points debuffs. Um, even things like there's there's this the kind of trap that you fall into I think when you're looking at these change logs and you see the red arrows and you go oh god writer pistols went up three points each yeah. but writer additional models went down a point and the writer base cost went down fifteen points oh shit yes. so actually your points for five writers is exactly the same yeah so. There's there's a there's a few of them across the books actually, uh, where if you're kind of running the standard things, then you're not really going to notice a difference. In terms of highlights for pluses, uh, light infantry have gone down ten points at their starting and an additional point per model, uh, but the crossbows have gone up a point. So again, that balances out really. Uh, if you're running uh, the crossbows, but the handguns have become slightly cheaper. The Knightly Orders have been probably the big winners in the Empire book because their starting cost went down a walking 20 points and their additional points per model only went up one point and an additional one point for the Lance. So you're still making a nice point gain there with the uh, Knightly Orders, which is cool. So all in all for Empire,
Empire. There's not a huge amount to report. It is kind of a small buff. There's nothing drastic there that I can see that means that we're going to see Empire tearing it up. Um, I think they're, they're quite in a good spot right now, I think, though, right? Empire? They're all right. They're all right. I think Empire have not really got over the kind of two list builds where you've kind of gone very cavalry heavy or quite static and shooty. I think those are still the two best ways to play Empire. And I think that I think it's it's still a good book. Um, it's a book that's just susceptible to lots of dice rolls that can go one way or another a lot of the time. But uh, but yeah, it's not it's not a big player. It's not one of the top books, but it's not by any means a terrible book either. Um, so yeah, I think this is this is a all right update for Empire, but nothing really to write home about similar to the others. Right, abandoning the the constructs of tents to walk into the glorious forests. How are things looking for the Sylvan Elves, who were probably highlighted before this update as one of the more problematic books because of a string of very positive results? Yeah, I think um, I think people were looking at the Sylvan book changes and anticipating more significant changes, given with how they've been performing in tournaments. Um, interestingly, Again, actually, I, I counted this because that's just the kind of guy I am. 35 different points changes in this book compared to 42 in the Ogre book, 13 of which were increases. So you're still talking about two-thirds of the changes are actually points drops. Okay. So it's actually quite similar to the Ogre book in terms of like the proportion of increases to decreases, which is... Interesting, considering the ogres were ranked bottom and the sylvans were right near the top. Mm-hmm. I think it's more a reflection of those lists that are near the top are obviously very similar, and it's you're only talking about the same five or six units. So, within the the update, generally speaking, three units have gotten cheaper, but it's your your main offenders that everyone will recognise from like net lists, like. Wild Riders, Pathfinders, uh, even like Core Archers, they've all become much more expensive. Well, not much more expensive. I think, I think what all these changes will equate to from a net list point of view will be one less unit Pathfinders, like a mid size unit Pathfinders. Mm. Okay. So about 150 ish points, a little bit more than that, maybe. Um, so, the book is still obviously very good. That's not really going to change how effective it is, like five or six less shots. Um, specifically, yeah, it's archers and core, additional huntsmen, uh, additional blade dancers, and the base cost of pathfinders. Um, are the sort of the big things that I noticed that have increased in cost. Um, additional Pathfinder models, though, have gone down. So a unit of 10 is actually only five points more expensive than it would have been before the update. Uh, but a unit of, like, say, seven are 11 points more expensive. So, again, when you add all this up, you were maybe talking 150-ish points 
if you're sticking with these types of units. But if you are running alternative lists, like with dryads and tree men and tree kid and stuff, that side of the book has probably gotten notably cheaper. So it just depends. So again, it's probably doing what it should do. It should mix up the meta a bit. Those lists that have done well will still be, by and large, still legal. I don't think it's not going to change it to that extent. So they'll still be there. But hopefully it mixes things up a bit and maybe people will reevaluate what is now worth those kind of points for those units. So maybe we'll see more uh, Kestrel Knights rather than just Wild Huntsmen everywhere and shit like that. Which is yeah. good. So it's again, I think they're always better being a little bit more conservative because if anything is fucking mental, they're going to change it in January anyway. Yeah. If if they need to. So we'll see. I don't think there's the same level of tournaments and output between now and then. So they won't have as much data to base those changes on. But I'm sure the forums will throw a shit fit if they think there's anything that's fucking mental and you changed. At the risk of uh, angering our tree-hugging friends and listeners, I I feel that the Silver Elves have kind of just fallen into a trap where the book just became, and in certain regards still is, just too cheap for stuff because they didn't really know how to fix issues with the book so they just made everything cheaper. And I think it got to the point where Wild Huntsmen were ridiculously cheap uh, and, and Pathfinder's Sentinels are in that bracket as well. So I think the, the point changes in this one, they read bad because, you know, you're looking at 15 point increases on base cost of Pathfinders and 7 point increases for additional Wild Huntsmen. But I don't know, again, on the outside, I think that's kind of fair. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think you can expect for a book and certainly specific lists to do repeatedly well and then not face some sort of points increase. Like, whether 15 points as a base cost increase is too much, should it be 10? Who the fuck knows? We're not going to know until people play with it and actually see. Like, because obviously these changes are going to be dependent upon other books' changes and how that affects the meta overall. So we'll just have to wait and see. Like, I think we've had enough of these now where I think people should just be like, just roll with the changes. Like, I don't, unless something crazy has happened in your book, then, you know, it's probably fine. Like, none of the rules have changed here. Like, the units are still good, probably still worth taking. It's just a question of how you equate for those points and what do you drop and what you don't. Like, I don't think it's a big deal. Like, I saw someone reply to the Sylvan Elf changes on the forum and I just had I just turned off the fucking computer at that point because I was like there's no point in talking to these people they're fucking nuts <laughs> not just the, the forum the computer needs to go off of that no I, it has to go away because and it and it's annoying as well because and I probably this probably shouldn't matter but when people make fucking stupid comments about oh it's unplayable now I'm going to go play another army and you look at their thing and it's like this person's been on the forum for probably like four months He's only made like fifty fucking posts. He, I just think, doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. Probably. <laughs> but we're trying to attract new players, Paul. <laughs> Jesus. More like, hey, don't get me wrong. New players are are welcome, but like, I think I think you have to, you know, 
play the game for a little bit longer before you're entitled to become moody little bitches like us. <laughs> We've been <laughs> for many years. <laughs> exactly. We've been in, we've been playing dice for a while now. Yeah. Like what? What year was it? We started playing dice. Twenty sixteen. But yeah, that's probably about right. That's mental, right? That's a bit mental. I don't think it. Seven years. We've fucking paid our dues, right? We can complain about shit. <laughs> what else could I have done in seven years? Learned a language. Just, play just, piano. Just don't go there. Don't yeah. Care, anyway, uh, on a positive, they've renamed their dragon something sensible. The forest dragon. It's generic. Makes sense. Yeah, that's that's fine. I don't think anyone's gonna. Uh, I don't think anyone's, you know, run into their computer to, you know, write a bunch of homemade fluff because of that name invokes some sort of, I don't know, amazing inspiration that wasn't there before. It's fine. Yeah, they, could, they could have just called it. I mean, it's fucking better than the Empire one. That's true. Could be worse. Mm, could be worse. Okay, going from one high performer to another, let's look at the Vampire Covenant. Now, the vampires are in a weird position because uh, they've kind of been mid-tierish for a long time. Um, and then over the last maybe, I don't even think it's the last year, I think it's probably the last six months-ish, they've had a real spike in terms I think, of I th- results. I think, I think that was because of the last batch of changes though, right? That basically yes, threw yeah. a lot of the restrictions out. And that's what's basically allowed them to be or become more popular, it seems. Yeah, absolutely. So, for anyone that isn't aware and has been living under a rock, uh, the bloodlines are gone, which has basically opened up huge kind of pick and mix of vampire powers, and the blood ties are gone, and that's resulted in certain buffs for units like uh, the Wizard Conclaves on the race and hunters, and also vampire knights just generally becoming absolute monsters. So, I think it's taken a little bit of a time delay for people to figure out the most effective combinations for all of that, but I think over the last few months we've definitely seen that. There's been a lot of very strong vampire performances in tournaments across the kind of the globe. So they were always going to get smashed. Specifically, one build has been really hard to hit, and that is basically loading in on race loading in on triple magic move with the bound magic move, the evil magic move and the witchcraft magic move and just generally being a horrible bastard and magic moving race and shooting horrors through folk. Um, so that has been hit pretty hard in terms of the points. Race at their just base cost have gone up 15 points, the additional models have gone up 3 points and the wizard conclave option has gone up 10 points. It's quite a lot. It's it's big. I think it's probably too big. I'm obviously biased. Um, I think the problem with that build is why do we have a bound magic move? Why not just make that bound something else? And then you're already having it pay quite a big investment with double magic move. I still don't think it's a particularly positive playstyle and it probably should be supported. I know the vampire players will disagree. Uh, but I think that race, as in the base race, have been hit because of problems caused by the Bound spell and access to uh, Witchcraft, i.e. Ravenswine, and Evocation to come. Again, it's almost like those restrictions from the Bloodlines were there for a reason. 
and that removing them has caused problems. Who could have guessed that? Yeah, I have to say I didn't like that change. I think it's terrible. I, for all that, I I, I get that it was, you know, causing restrictions, but that's kind of the point, and I kind of like the fact that it tailors your army to be very good at something at the cost of something else. Like, I don't think that's a bad thing. Like, I think you could have maybe addressed some of the the balance between them while still keeping them. Like, that might have been a little bit more work, but I'm sure that would have been, I don't know, definitely possible without too much work. Like, I don't know. It seems like in the course of trying to fix the problem, they've oversimplified it, and then that's allowed a lot of options that I just don't think should probably be there. No, Uh, I agree. Yeah. So, well, I mean, I know it's, it's sort of a moot point in a way because you know vampires haven't been labbed, and when they get labbed, everything's going to change anyway. But because of other things that we'll touch on later, like fuck knows when that's actually going to happen. So yeah. effectively, this is what we're going to have in the foreseeable future. So it just feels like maybe there should have been a little bit more forethought put into it before they threw the baby out with the bathwater. Yep, indeed. Um, so. Wraiths have been hit pretty hard. Um, the, the book, the bound book itself, the Holy Tome, has gone up 10 points. Uh, the other big hits have been the Zombie Dragon. He's gone up from 335 to 350. Uh, that's probably deserved. The, the Zombie Dragon is, is and still is very cost-effective for what he is. Um, smashing people's faces at TSC earlier this year. Um <laughs> Gas, interestingly, went up 15 points on their base cost. I don't really think that's justified for a non-scoring unit. Yeah, I think that's quite harsh. Um, And then the rest of it's kind of five points up or down, really, uh, for the stuff that doesn't really matter all that much. I wonder how they they decide, because I'm assuming that that increase on gasts, that's simply been because everyone's taking gasts, right? That's just a popularity. They're just a popular, yeah, yeah. So why 15 points? Why not 10 points? Like, how do they come, what, what makes that decision? Or how do they come to that decision of I'm not, 15? Yeah, I'm not sure, because Vampire Knights went up 10 points, and because um, the changes to Vampire Knights were, previously you had to be a... Uh, um, oh, the Dragon? Brotherhood of the Dragon. I was trying to remember the ninth page name for Paul. Jesus. <laughs> Um, yet to be a is that not the name is that not no, the name no Blood Dragons Games Workshop is it fuck yeah. like I never know the uh, Games Workshop shit okay. you also said Treekin earlier on but I wasn't going to bring it up um, oh that's what I did <laughs> <laughs> I, I take that back <laughs> I almost said if Games Workshop won it's not in this podcast oh yeah 100% Games Workshop won it's not in this shit I will yeah. I will talk about we'll Games call Workshop. it whatever we want yeah yeah for sure uh, Vampire Knights went up 10 points because they now get Devastating Charge plus one attack. Um, so they've got three attacks based on charge, which is really good when you strength seven with lances. And that is. Uh, so they've been, they've been really popular because they're autonomous and they score. They've went up 10 points. Gas have gone up 15 points. I get the feeling they've based a lot of this on just pure pick rate. Yeah. Um, and that's maybe the, been the difference. 
I, I don't really feel that the 15 point increase on gas is justified, but again, it's not actually really the end of the world, to be honest. I think the only unit slash play style that's been really pushed out in this update for vampires is that triple magic move wraith uh, combo, because I think that's gone up significantly enough to put people off taking it. Um, so yeah, the only other thing that I was going to note here is that the Dark Roach has gone down 10 points from 455 to 445, which is cool, because uh, the coach is a kind of centerpiece model for the army, but it is very expensive. It is very good, but it is very expensive for what it is. Um, so it's nice to see that get a little bit of a buff. In terms of the fluff, I just wanted to raise a couple of things. So they've changed. Uh, Nosferatu are gone. Uh, they are not going to be a bloodline when this get, the, the vampire book gets labbed. They're going to be replaced by liches. So for all in rules and intents purposes, uh, Nosferatu are now liches, but in the lab, I, as I understand it, liches are going to be their own entity. So they're going to be a kind of halfway house between necromancers and vampires. So I think that's kind of laying the foundation for the future lab. The, okay. the point that I really want you to raise is the Brotherhood of the Dragon, right? Right. So they, they've been renamed the Sangreal. Oh, have they? Yes. Okay. So, what does Sangreal sound like to you? It sounds like a, a rather overpriced drink that I got when me and my missus went to Barcelona. Um, it ended up tasting like shit. That's interesting. So, and a somewhat Sangria-like drink from Spain. Mm. Guess guess where the Brotherhood of the Dragon are based in the map of the Middle Age. I don't suppose it happens to be that suspiciously Spanish-looking bit of what looks suspicious as like Europe on the map. That was one view the money, the jackpot. <laughs> that is so lazy. It's infuriating. Yeah, so it's Spanish blood knights from Spain. Oh. All right. Yeah, I, um, yeah, it really grinds my gears. I, I really, yeah, I, I can't talk about the map without, I'm trying to paint a model right now. I can't talk about the map and trying to paint this fucking model without throwing it through the window. Yeah. I, I thought really hate the map. otherwise the, um, the fluff snippets again were very good. The souls thing, so that's now part of the army book where, um, and I, I don't want to go on about this, but basically, the, the type of souls that the vampires <laughs> use. I forgot depends, about this. Depends on the people they're raising. So skeletons are old warriors, souls that live reanimated. Uh, the rest are fucking animals, apparently. Uh, the, so, the skeletons been old warrior a bit. That's cool. That makes sense. Right. I can even see the idea behind the ghouls. So the, the kind of justification is that you have to reanimate bodies with a soul. And you can't always get your hands on a nasty bastard soul to fill your zombies and, and ghouls. I can kind of understand that. So they use the souls of predator, animal predators for ghouls to give them a kind of ravenous quality. I can I can kind of see that. For zombies, apparently, they use rabbits and guinea pigs and shit. Wait a minute. Uh, so, like, this is where they get the soul from? Yes. So, in, in Ninth Age, animals have souls. That's interesting. Yes. And... Well, where does the body come from? So the body is a decaying human body. Right, so you've just dug up some peasant. Yeah. You think, right, this is going to be a zombie, but 
I can't use their soul for it to be a zombie. I have to go find a fucking yeah. rabbit. They're dead, so they don't have a soul. So you've got to kind of fill the void with a soul, and if you use an animal, but the soul, skeletons, but the skeletons are dead. They're more dead. Yeah, but apparently you can find like old warriors somewhere in IKEA, maybe, and you can reanimate the skeletons with warrior souls. But that's basically you've spent all your money on that. So for the zombies and the ghouls, you need to get you know killing the family hamster. I'm I'm lost. I don't, I don't, that, that, that alone is a discrepancy. Apart from it being shit, like, back in the army of fucking possessed people with hamster souls. Like, I don't, yeah. that's weird. But I, yeah, that's, I, I don't understand. I don't think that's needed. I no, think it's, it's definitely not needed. <laughs> definitely but, not needed. But the rest of it is pretty good. I quite like it. So, Spanish vampires and hamster zombies are terrible, but the rest is good. But that's uh, that's the vampire cat. Okay. So, um, the last book that we're going to talk about in more detail before we get a bit general is Warriors, because we both play Warriors now. Yes. Um, so what did you make of the Warrior changes? Uh, meh, to be honest. Um, okay. Like, I, again, I didn't... I didn't see anything that I obviously thought was like, oh my god, what are Warriors players going to do now? Type of thing. Like, we will we were, endure. <laughs> we, I'm like, I think uh, the most interesting thing was uh, speaking to someone who informed us that when it came to the favours, they had effectively been grouped into two brackets, and that's yeah. how they went around the pricing of said favours. So the ones that were deemed to be optimal for those particular units got a flat uh, points change to whatever. I can't remember what it was. The high one. And then the ones that were suboptimal all got like a, a points decrease or they were all basically given the same points value. So that immediately shows you the thinking from the project's point of view as to what you consider good and bad. I don't know what data they had to base that on. That seems like you would need quite a lot of very specific information to base that decision on. So I feel like that was probably just whatever feels good and whatever feels bad and we'll just randomly group them and, and change the points which I think seems a bit fucking nuts considering that the Warrior book is the first lab and everything in that book should be a result of several years of points tweaks. So I would have thought that the points would have been about right. Okay, you might have wanted to, to tweak things based on how things were performing in the meta, but it shouldn't have been necessarily that drastic. So then to completely change how you, you're pricing them now seems stupid, for lack of a better word. I don't know if you'd agree with that. Um, I do think it's bizarre. Uh, I don't really agree with it, um, but the justification was given that this gives them the opportunity to try this and if it doesn't work or the feedback's bad, then they can change engine. Why? See, but this is the thing that annoys me. Why do they need to try this? Like, again, yeah. this book has been out for years. Why the fuck do they not know what they're doing by now? Even, I, I get people come and go and they'll have new ideas, but this process should be, be nailed down. Like, we're halfway through labs. 
like you should know how to price this shit by now especially for a book that's been out for as long as it has I mean I guess to play devil's advocate the you can use pricing to one keep the book fresh and adapt to changes within kind of the playing meta um but I think the problem with these changes is that some of these are really drastic. So the Chosen Chariots, I think, are the best example, where the Chosen Chariot base cost went down 10 points. Yeah. And the the marks deemed to be good were Greed and Sloth, which have been standardised at 30 points, which was a 15-point mm. increase for Greed and a 20-point decrease for Sloth. Um... Oh no, sorry, it was a five point decrease for um, greed as well. Sorry, I misread that. Um, but all the other ones that were priced at 15 points are now free. So, yeah, if, that's. Yeah, if you were running two gluttony chosen chariots, those have now gone down 25 points each. That's a lot. Which is a lot on a very good model. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't have said Sloth is great on a chosen chariot. I know you're okay, you're a res six, two up monster with two chosen on the back. But your movement six. Your movement seven. And the movement yeah. seven? Yeah yeah. Ah, there used to be movement six. Oh that was yeah, that was a while ago the movement six. Yeah, that's when I was playing the book. I'm not yeah. for ages to be fair. Back in my day. My day there were movement six and were push. Oh they complained about <laughs> No, to be fair, I used to run chosen chariots at one point three. They were they were very fucking good. They are good. Um I yeah, okay. Uh, I don't know, though. I, I feel like Res 5 2 up with the output they've got, you don't need Res 6. Not for those points. You're better with something else. I I agree. Um, but I can foresee lots of chosen chariots getting taken now. So what does that bring them to? Like, for a chariot with uh, the mark that you have on it, what is the total cost? 310 points. That's a fucking steal for a chosen chariot. Yeah. So if you go Envy, Gluttony, Lust, or Pride, you are 310 points for the chariot. See, that, like, I would have thought Gluttony would have been a, a favour that would have been considered to be more positive, and that would have been in the other bracket. So James and I have spoken about this just today, um, because... Uh, I love gluttony, as you know. All my stuff is marked gluttony because I'm a hashtag fuckwear. It's got nothing to do with the fact that it's spicy as <laughs> hell. Um, and gluttony has universally gone down. It's been deemed as one of the weak marks, which is mad to me. But I think, yeah, like I get for warriors a lot of the time you don't want to grind. Because you don't have the morals, the moral count, right? Like your output's still obviously very good, and your stats are very elite. But ideally, for a, from a warrior's player, I'd say, and more often than not, when you go into combat, you want to kill or break in the first round. But failing that, having some sort of ability that makes you even better in the second round, is actually quite good for warriors. Well, if you charge, it's maybe all there for the second ever and you can charge again. Yeah, but if you're charging, you're picking your charges. You can potentially be charging things that that doesn't matter anyway. 
Especially yeah. if you kill it, and you just turn the faces. All right, okay, I'm now plus one strength to charge me, bro. Well, this is it, because, I mean, like, as long as you win that initial contact, it doesn't matter if they hold, because they've just buffed you anyway. Yeah, so, I, just, I think I think yeah. the point is just when that doesn't happen, though, you're now even better. So that's why I feel like, oh, that's actually really good. So, like, th- th- this is this is the thing. Like, they're, they're, I don't understand the rationale that allows them to group them. And I don't know if it is just being what is picked. And we'll, base, we'll just assume that everyone picking this mark, it must be that mark, is really, really good. Yeah. I mean, for, for, for the Chosen Chariot, which is kind of our case study for this, um, the, the marks that have generally gone to zero uh, were already pointed at 15 points across the board. So Gluttony was 15 points, Lust was 15 points, Pride was 15 points. Envy was 30 points, it's now zero, so that's even bigger saving for that one. But I just think that, yes, they were priced the same, or mostly priced the same beforehand, but by making those, especially those mark, those four marks, zero points and dropping the base cost, that's a huge buff to that model that it probably didn't need, because they were already very cost effective. Yeah, I, I, I can't see that. Surviving come January, no. February, whenever no. they, they reevaluate the changes. No, I can't either. Um, the other big I changes. Would... Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. No, no, go on, go on. I'll ask the question once you've said that, and it'll make more sense. Um, so, the, the other changes across the special. So, this is something to note that when they've grouped these, uh, the kind of the favour prices, this is outside of core. They've kept the core the same for the Warriors. Um, so, that has also impacted the Chosen Knights. Who have generally gone up, so additional models have gone up eight points. Um, the, the chosen rider champion has gone up ten points. So generally speaking, chosen knights have gone up. Um, I'm a bit surprised they've not gone up more, to be honest. Um, because the, the marks have generally gone down, even yeah. the ones that have gone up, green, green, wrath, have gone up one point. So despite everybody moaning about chosen knights that they're everywhere, They've not gone down. I'm not necessarily saying that's a bad thing because Chosen Knights are an iconic unit in the book and they are very strong, but I think the competing choices in special four warriors are all pretty evenly weighted. I think Chosen Knights, Feldrax and the Warrior Knights are all, though they are all competitive choices and they're all priced in the same region, which I think helps. So I don't necessarily think that Chosen Knights should have been massively increased, but. Basically, what I was going to ask was, how do you feel the internal balance is in the Warrior book? Because I think that was always one of the big problems for the book, because effectively everything does the same thing. Everything wants to fight, but it's it's all different flavours of that. It's Things are faster than others, things have slightly different, you know, resiliencies and things, but effectively everything fights. It doesn't really do much else. Like, yeah. So I think that's always been part of the book that They've needed a lot of time to try and get right and try and get that like internal balance. Like, where would you say the balance is right now? Do you think it's okay? I think it's pretty good. I mean, I think there's some choices that are like I still don't really want to pick them or can't justify picking them. So, the Chimera, for example, I love the of the model in terms of the the potential role it could play, but it's it's got a ten point. Decrease in this one, it's 190 points now. Okay. But flares are 160 points. 
uh, sorry, 150 points, 10 points if you want to give them the musicians, so 160. So, generally speaking, that if I'm writing a list and I need to save 30 points, I'm going to take Flares rather than the Chimera, because they can act as chaff, whereas the Chimera, yes, you might be able to use it as a bunker hunter, but in that bracket, it's also going to be chaff. So, the Chimera is, I think, still in a bit of an awkward situation. Foot Chosen, I think, um, I just, I don't really, they are popular with other players, so this might be a me problem rather than everyone else problem, but, uh, I don't really see the appeal of Foot Chosen, but interestingly, they've gone up quite dramatically for additional models, yeah, eight points additional. Really? Yeah. Again, though, part of that is probably linked to the fact that the the marks have been standardised. So the likes of yeah. Foot Chosen and Wrath were always a popular pick. Yeah. Wrath used to be 14 points per model, it's now 7 points per model. Okay. So Did the great weapon option change when Chosen? It didn't, it's still the same. Okay, that's interesting. I always liked the, the, the Foot guys. Again, for me that was just more of an iconic thing. Yeah. Like, um, oh, okay, that's interesting. So the Warrior Knights are kind of in that bracket as well, where their base cost has gone down five points, their additional models have gone up two points, and then the, the marks have been standardized to either five points or three points. So in most cases, it's not going to make a big difference to people, it's going to work out probably about the same. Okay. Things like the the Herald, did that take a points tweak? Nope, the Herald was completely unaffected. The Chosen Lord has generally gone down slightly. Um, there's some builds that have gone up. So, for example, the Chosen Lord and Karkadan went up 20 points. Okay. Not, that seems a bit strange to me. I didn't really see a lot of Chosen Lords and Karkadans. No, I know Tim obviously was running a couple ETC, but I don't think that was super popular. Yeah, the Kakadan doesn't really give the Chosen Lord a huge amount, other than the fact that you can ride around the Chosen Knights. Yeah, it's not giving you really... I mean, there's other ways to get what the Kakadan gives you. Like the, yeah, the, the big thing is just the Knights and maybe that little bit extra movement. Yeah. Really, I mean, otherwise, no. Is slightly offset by the fact so the Karkadan and the Black Steve both went up 20 points, but the base cost of the Chosen Lord went down 10, and depending on what mark you're taking, you've potentially saved even more points there as well. So, um, again, it's one of those arrows that looks bad, but actually, depending on your build, it probably yeah. either works out the same or you might have even save some money there. But, uh, but yeah, apart from that, the Doom Lord got a 15 point reduction. Uh, the Wasteland Behemoth went down 10 points, which is interesting. Uh, Barbs went down slightly as well. And, uh, the Helmo has gone down 15 points. Did the additional portal cost change? No. Okay. Yeah, it's, they don't seem as popular. I don't think they were ever super popular in the UK anyway, but they weren't super popular at ETC. Yeah, I think it's just it's a bit of a faff to play with. I mean, it, it, yeah, it could be a bit of a gimmick. I think if you know how to play against it, or 
So not necessarily pick against it. If you know how to mitigate it, then it sort of loses a lot of its scariness. Um, yeah. And it's a chunk of points that you could just have another unit. And warriors don't really lack for speed. Although I know that's not necessarily all it gives you, but you know, if you just want to get into people's face, you don't need the helmet. Yeah, I, I mean, I see why from a design point of view, the helm was remained as it is. It gives them a kind of an infantry option to, to help them to compete. But I still, I, yeah. yeah, I think it's a bit of a gimmick still. Yeah, I think given what Warriors lost from one point three to two point oh, I can yeah yeah I think that was in part why they went down that route. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, it's cool. I've it's an interesting it's an interesting playstyle. I've never really managed to get it to work. It's too faffy for me. Yeah. And it is it is popular within some players, like on the forum there's been very heated debates about uh, whether the helm was good or bad and there's been advocates for both sides to be fair, so Yeah, like I mean it's for all I've struggled, like it's definitely good. Like when you play against someone who uses you like you can't deny its usefulness. Yeah, if you can see the matrix you might want to pick it up, but if you're you're like me, you're just gonna charge stuff. Maybe just take another unit of instead. Yeah. Seems. So, so yeah, I'm a little bit... Warriors are very, very popular just now. Um, so I was a little bit surprised that there wasn't more nerfs, but I think they've been saved because their rankings... I, I think in part because they're so popular, it's kind of leveled out a wee bit, and they're not kind of deemed as the absolute top tier even though they are com- competitive and they have been doing reasonably well across the board. Yeah, I think compared to, say, like last year, like going into ETC, for instance, I think they were viewed really, really strongly going into Italy, and I don't think they yeah. were necessarily viewed the same way this year when we were at Amsterdam, but they're still solid. Still really good. Definitely, I would say they're still up in the top half, for sure, if not higher. Yeah. Top, top 30%. No, I would agree. I think they're, they're, they're solid. They're very good at what they do. And they're, they're a fun army as well. Okay, so that's all the in-depth stuff, and we've already screwed up our timing because we're over there. That's all right. It's the first episode back. It's going to take us a while to stick yeah, with Yeah, that's our excuse. We will, we will try to get back to the hour cap. But um, very quickly before we move on... Um, in terms of the broader landscape, who do you think are those winners and losers, and do you think that this update's going to have much of an impact? I mean, faction-wise, based on the ones that we've talked about, I don't, I, I don't really see this changing much, to be honest. I don't think. I think the books that were considered strong are still strong. Yeah. I think what makes the books good, I don't think that is necessarily dependent upon the few units that have maybe had a you know a points increase. Like I don't think none of the increases are to the point where you're going to be like, oh, someone else are shit now. Like they're not. They're still really good. Which is which is a good thing, right? Because we have been in these updates where they've utterly ripped the arse out of some of these books because they've hit them too hard. Yeah, for sure. Like I think hopefully the changes are just enough to make people reevaluate what they want to play, and if that just changes up the meta a bit for another six months and it'll have done its job. That's the most important thing, I think. Yeah. You don't want to be changing things up too drastically. So, no, I think I think the changes are fine. Um, 
again, from the books we've talked about, I don't think anyone really has anything to really bitch about. Yeah. What about, apart from the names of that fucking dragon that's around us? Yeah, yeah. That's the key takeaway. Um, outside of the books we looked at, I would say that one of the big winners from the updates is Beast Herds. They got a, a huge raft of mostly um, buffs, pods buffs. So I think Beast Herds players will be pretty happy with how they have come out of things. Um, most of the other books are very so-so, kind of similar stuff to what we talked about. Some things have been slightly up and some things have been slightly down. I, there's nothing that really jumped out to me when I scanned through the, the change logs. Um, so yeah, I think it, it, like you say, I don't think there's going to be huge shifts. Yeah. But I think there's probably, depending on the book, there's some changes that might encourage some choices over others in the next week. Well. Largely superficial. Yeah. Although to be fair, he did say that with 3.0 in the horizon, he did want to kind of be more conservative with the um, the changes this time around. Yeah, um, I think like regardless, it's always worth them being a little bit sort of agent on the side of caution when they do these sort of points tweaks. Um, it's easier for them to make maybe bolder changes earlier in the year. And then they can give themselves the best part of the year to evaluate them and then make little adjustments at the end of the year rather than doing it the other way around. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Um, the only other thing that I was going to flag is that the um, the Vermin book obviously got changed previously um, alongside the Saurian book. So, and there's been lots of stuff done on that. So, they have not been really included in this. Um, and the KOE book also got some design changes as well, obviously because it's still in beta. Uh, and if you want to check any of them out, go and listen to some of the plays that book, because I tried to read them and I have no fucking idea what's going on. <laughs> so uh, go check out what Wes is saying on, over on his channel about the KOE. Right, so that brings the main topic of the show to an end. And before wrapping up, we've got to get our daily dose of salt, so let's head on down to everyone's favourite song. Yeah, baby. It's all time. So this week's Salt Mine is brought to us by our very own Paolo, who's got an opinion about Slim Books versus Labs, which ties in quite nicely to some of the things we were just talking about. Yeah, so like it was, it's, I don't know, maybe there was some chat going on and it sort of just made me think, and this is maybe going to sound maybe really obvious to some people and it's maybe not going to shock anybody, but now that we're sort of at the halfway mark, when I look at the books that have been laughed against the slim books, that have, have, the way I look at them is that's sort of what's left, that's what's survived post 1.3, which is effectively the game that came before. To me, and maybe it is just because labs are are newer, it feels like the labs are still very controversial and not so much from a power perspective, but I feel like the slim books are actually in a better position or better state from like a kind of 
internal balance, external balance, uh, general satisfaction, point of view, like they just seem to sit more comfortably within the game, whereas a lot of these labs still feel like they're in a state of flux. And there's more, they're, there's just they're just generally more contentious with okay. the players that play those books. I don't know which. When I think about it generally, is I don't know if that's <laughs> a particularly positive outlook for the game. Like obviously, some people are going to like disagree, and that's cool. But like, I don't know. At the minute, I just feel like I would rather play a slim book than a lab. Okay, so generally speaking, the slums are in a better place than the Yeah, I think so. Like, I'm trying to think, slum books that are playing highborns, sylvans, ogres, beast herds, UD, BC. I'm not saying all these books are like the strongest books. I just, I don't know, I just get the impression that the player base that play these books are more content with them. Than the players are that have labs. Okay. And again, maybe that's just because they're labbed and you know people are still adjusting to these new books with you know a slightly new direction, different fluff and whatnot. But I don't know. Like we were just talking about points changes to the Warriors books that seem like they're quite substantial within the Warrior book, and yet that was the first lab. And I, I would say generally that, you know, we're halfway through now and they're, every time they do a lap, I can think of one book that came out. And again, people would disagree with this, but I feel like the Dread Elf book was the one book that came out that was fairly conservative and it didn't jump the shark. And for a lot of people, they weren't necessarily happy with fluff or they weren't happy with different aspects of it. But the way the, the team went about making that book at the time I was head of playtesting, to me, that gave me hope for the rest of the labs. Cause right. Based on what had come before, which was Warriors, which was a mess when it came out. ID was a mess when it came out. Still Demons, is a mess. <laughs> Demons is like, I still don't know what the fucking team book does. Like, to me, that was like, okay, you've simplified everything. Everything, I can understand it. You've, you've been careful not to, you know, jump the shark. I can, to me, that was a good way to go. And what's came after, like, you know, Vermin was mental. Sorians was very controversial. Like, I don't know, I just feel like... It's like the project isn't getting it. It's like, come on, guys. You should have this process done by now. Like, you should know what the pitfalls are. It's like you're making the same mistakes. Like, I don't know. I just feel like if I had to play the game tomorrow, I'd be picking a slim over a lab. I don't know why necessarily. I can't necessarily verbalize entirely how I feel about it, but I just think that they're in a better place. And I think a lot of people who are still playing Slims want their book to come last. <laughs> yeah. You know, a lot of people aren't clamoring to be the next book. I think Warriors are the exception. I think Warriors book is fun. It is pretty well internally balanced and I don't think it suffers from a lot of the same issues that the other labs do but I would agree 
now. But came yeah. out. Yeah, it took them a long time to get that right. It took them a year. Yeah. And there was three or so big changes between like designs within that first year to get that book to the point where people started to sort of feel better about it. And even yeah. then, there's obviously been a lot of changes. Yeah, and I think that the the other books have been in various ways turbulent, I think is probably the political way of saying it. You know, ID was a complete shit fest when it came out. Vermin is still a mess, although it is slowly getting there. But I, I don't know what. I, I, even saying that, I think the last update was pretty controversial. Um. And it's the it's the fact that they're like sometimes when they do the updates, it's a substantial change. Yeah. Even if the lab's been out for like eight to ten months, you think, whoa, whoa, like. And I, I don't know if it's because I don't know if that's surprising because when people give feedback, a lot of the time the project turns around and say, "You've got to give it a chance." We 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 don't necessarily agree with what everybody's saying, and yet they make these big changes. And it's like, well, are you just giving people what you think they want, or do you agree with them? I do think the project's been guilty in the past of saying everything needs to be data-driven and then makes decisions which are not based on any data. And talking about, you know, this has been, you know, a feeling that we've had with conversations of we've got to make executive decisions. Like, that's... Those are two very different methodologies when you're designing a game. Um, I think, related to this, we're halfway, we should have had more books in by now. It's a volunteer project, you do need to cut them some slack, but... I, I don't think the solution is 3.0. Like what no, they're saying. I think, I think that's a terrible idea. Yeah, I think for all that I'm saying that, you know, the, I don't think the lab process has gone very well. I would agree with you that I would have much rather them see it through than abandon it halfway and say, well, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. We're going to move to this 3.0. Well, I was like, well, What's the, what's been the point in all this work to get to this point? Yeah. Like, I want the project to sort of learn from its mistakes and move towards a point where they can get a lab out in eight to ten months. Okay, you're going to have work to do after that, but the core of the book is out. It's positively received and people can see the direction and are happy with it because they've been tamed the core aspects of that army. For them just to say, yeah, we don't really know if we're going to do that anymore. Yeah. I'm a bit like, that makes me nervous about the future of the game. And, like, that might sound like an overreaction. But if if that to me sounds like a huge change, like, what are you, what kind of things are you talking about doing from a rules perspective? that effectively nullifies the lab process to the point where there's no point in doing any more labs now until that comes out. No, I I agree completely. I think it's poor timing with the old world on the horizon. Um, It's potentially detrimental to the the game's ability to attract players at this point. And uh, I think a lot of the problems that people are signposting and things that they want to change are kind of problems that the labs have forced upon the game because they've designed themselves in the corners and stuck to foundations that are not sound. And I think discipline is the the key area of that, that they've invented discipline mechanics for basically every new lab that's come out. 
when they didn't need to do that. And they've now gotten a position where they feel like they need to come up with more wonderful and weird ways to do discipline with every book. Yeah, like, I would... I know I don't play Warriors anymore, so it's maybe very easy for me to say this, but, like, I feel like if they were... If they took that on board more and said, right, we're going to streamline that across the books, and we're going to even go back and address that in labs. Like, if they decided to, like, take off or to change the Hellforged armor rules so that warriors have to now care about things like fear and all that kind of shit, I'd be okay with that. Because I'd feel like, okay, you've actually simplified the game. Because now now that when there is an instance where a unit can sort of bypass that or has some sort of mechanic, it feels more like original. It's not okay, every army has some weird fucking mechanic that I need to now learn to get my head around it. Like, And it's, to me, it, it feels like people are getting to the point where their lab is getting worked on. And it's like, well, what about us? Why can't we have this? They have this. And it's like, it just feels like they're trying to one-up what came before, in a way. I don't know. Like, it just seems, I don't know. I feel like they should have had a really good idea and direction for all the books before they started working on them individually. Kind of like, I think we used to have conversations about like the order of labs. Yeah. And like, it totally made sense to do warriors and demons because they're intrinsically linked within the fluff and the rule set and like what they represent in the game. It was like, makes total sense. It would make sense to me if they said, right, we're going to work on all the elf books one after the other. We'll work on like, KOE and then EOS or vice versa we'll work on the two dwarven factions side by side we'll work on the two undead factions side by side because then it allows us to make sure that we keep them distinct but we keep core aspects of the rules the same to make them more easy to learn from the rules point of view yeah so you've got quite distinct theming in the books yeah so like raising mechanics could be the same in both but you tweak them to maybe make one, maybe one faction's better at healing monsters, one's better at healing like massed infantry or like whatever, whatever direction you want to go in is cool, but to me, I don't know that makes too much sense. No, I, yeah, no, I agree. So it's, it's just, it's just things like that where I just, I'm, the 3.0 news, I'm just a bit like, oh, come on guys, do we need to do this today? So yeah, that's, I'd I'd say that's something that I've been thinking about recently. No, that's a very good sort of mind power. So uh, I guess we can open it up to everyone else and ask them to get in touch and let them know, let us know rather what they think about 3.0, whether they agree, Arslan's in a better place than Labs. Make your voice known uh, and we can maybe pick this up in the future as well as we get closer to, to 3.0. Yeah, for sure. So it's time for our brand new segment and final segment of the show. It's time to pick up your paintbrush and head over to the hobby desk because it is Hobby Heroes. So in this new agenda on the show, uh, or section of the show rather, we're going to talk just briefly about what's going on in our hobby world, what we're working on, and in an effort to try and promote the kind of hobby side of the game. So, Paolo, you've been furiously painting away as we've been recording. What are you working on tonight? I'm actually working on something not for an age game. Okay. Right. Um, 
So I won't talk about it too much, but I'm, <laughs> I'm painting up an old, it must be 6th or 7th edition Empire Wizard. It's a metal mini. It's the guy sort of in a very forward-leaning pose, holding out a staff. He's got a nice oh, big long yep, beard. Yep. Uh, yeah, kind of thing. yeah, yeah. So I'm. Uh, I don't like painting metal these, so I'm gonna maybe have to put on some sort of like art coat or something on this bitch because I know metal minis chip like a motherfucker. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I, I yeah, working on this wee guy. This is just a bit of a palette cleanser. I was working on uh, scraplings for my ogres. Uh, I got forty of the newer plastic. Uh, Mantic Goblins. So I've built up 20 with bows and then 20 with hand weapon and shield. Very nice minis. Really like them. I think they'll look really good as scraplings. Um, so I'm kind of halfway through the first 20. Uh, but I've had a bit of a break. I've had a bit of a like two week painting hiatus. So I'm, I'm working on this week, guys. It's a bit of a palette cleanser before I get back into doing those. Nice. Uh, what about yourself? What are you working on? So, uh, the Warriors were completed over the summer. Uh, I got the first tournament under the belt with them in Stockport. And then we had Frazzy's event, what was that, a couple of months ago, in Common Ground. Yep. Uh, and I picked up a few painting awards, which has been very nice. That's always good for the old painting mojo. Good for the hubris. Um, <laughs> yeah, keep keeps you humble. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I've been working on uh, all things warriors. So I'm currently painting up two chosen chariots, which are unrelated points up to like bronze. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. To be fair, you've been working on that for a while. Yeah, that was, that was pre-update. Yeah, uh, jumped on it. Yeah, so I, I started working on them and then worked really busy and I had to travel a little bit. So um, I'm kind of getting this week. I've been trying to pick up the pace and I've almost finished the crew. Uh, the the mounts I'm using Rotten Factories. Shout out to, to Pavel. Uh, his rotten toads is the the kind of the carcadans. Um and then so hopefully get the crew done maybe over the next couple of nights and then work on the the chassis themselves. And then I'm go I've got a unit of five flares that I need to paint up because I'm hoping to have all that done so that when I head back south for Christmas I'll have that list ready and ready to go to play at the club meet up. So you've got print. two chariots and a unit of flares to do in a month. Uh, yeah, I mean the charities are basically done. Okay, you've done I mean, all the, the the kind of base coats and shit. Yeah, the crew just needs the kind of special effects and details done, um, and then the chassis. Uh, just yeah, the chassis need to be painted. I've only done the kind of metal base coat on them, so. Uh, but I don't think they'll take me too long. They're they're pretty straightforward to paint, so there's nothing too. There's not a lot of trim in those, is there? No, not really. Not for warrior standards. Yeah, exactly. It's it's relatively and the trim that's there is all pretty big, chunky because I'm just using the yeah. GW uh, chariots. So I, I don't think they'll take me too long once I get going. It's just kind of getting up the momentum to paint. Like the the toads were fun to paint, and then the the crew have been fun to paint. Painting wood and metal is less appealing, but I just need to kind of force myself to to sit down and get them painted. But uh, but yeah, the goal is to get all that kind of wrapped up before heading south for Christmas um, and hopefully get them out on the table when I'm down seeing the boys. Nice, that'll be good. Yeah. Are you bringing your giant? Do you have to have a giant off? Oh, I could bring the giant. Yeah, yeah. If you get out of the car, it's fucking huge. 
I know. Well, the guy won me two painting awards and done it precisely fuck all on the table across two events. Well, that's, that's what's worth it. Actually, yeah, that's not true. Um, he did very well against Joe in the first round at Francis event. Uh, but apart from that, it's still fun. So, so yes, yeah, so that's the plan. Uh, just very quickly, have you got any hobby plans upcoming for the new year? Is it new year, new me? Or well, uh, I dare say it's going to be new year, old me. Um, <laughs> I'll still be struggling. Well, yeah, I think when I get the scrappers done, uh, I'm not going to be starting on a new army, I don't think, next year. I think I'm going to finish off the remaining bits I've got for Ogres. Um, I've still got quite a fair bit there. I've got like Yetis to finish, three Kin Eaters, a second Rock of Rock, another unit of Tuskers, and a couple of characters. And at the rate that I'm painting, that'll do me all of next year. <laughs> so, like, I, I'm not going to be starting a new army next year, uh, but I am starting to dabble in other game systems. So, when I am painting other things that be for those, it won't be for Nathan, I think. Okay, cool. And what about yourself? You going to pick up a new army in the new year? Uh, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. Are you sure? Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, someone, no, told me, someone told me you were going to pick up a new army. No. Is Jordan listening? This is why you're being very cagey. The walls are very thin in my house. No, I'm not going to pick up anything new. I've got plenty of warrior stuff to work on. Um, although what I was thinking about doing is, and for the Celtic League in the new year, kind of use that as an opportunity to play some different armies and books because I've, I've played Saurians recently and I played Demons the other day against James. And uh, it was just quite nice to play because I'm I'm very bad for trying to find one list that I like to play and just playing that over and over again. Uh, so that kind of forces me to try different things and stuff. So that's going to be the plan. But from a hobby perspective, it's still going to be the warrior train unless I get inspiration to pick up some more vampires or something. But I can't foresee anything drastic. Of of the books that you've tried online, uh, are you thinking you might stick with either Saurians or Demons, or do you want to try other things first? Um, they were actually both quite fun. Uh, I know we've just laid into the lab books, uh, but <laughs> and there's certainly things I don't like about the Saurian book. But um, it was fun to play. Uh, leadership mechanics are mental in it. Uh, it's got needless complexity in areas, but the Titanopod is class. <laughs> oh, yeah? Um, it's fun. It's cool. Uh, and the army's pretty cool. Like, you get all the different dinosaurs and stuff now. And, uh, so, yeah, it, is, it was fun to play. And Demons, again, needlessly complicated in all areas. Um, but very, they play very uniquely. Uh, and I took a very fast, aggressive list, which was kind of... It doesn't sound like you. Yeah, it suits my playstyle and it was quite fun to play. So, so yeah, I think it's just a, something like the Celtic League, uh, is just a really good opportunity to play online and try different armies. So I think I'll try and maybe do a bit more of that in the new year. But hobby wise, it's, it's going to be all things Warriors. Cool. That was good. Alrighty then. Well, that brings us to the end of this, uh, comeback episode, episode number 50, Paul. Yeah, on. I feel like, it was, it was a bit of a, um, I don't know, I feel like this, this, what we talked about for our 50th episode didn't probably do it justice. I feel like we probably should have thought about that in advance. Well, it's kind of like a 50th anniversary, right? You don't really kind of 
make past I mean, at the rate at which we're recording, it, it practically is our 50th year anniversary. <laughs> Almost. One episode a year at this rate. Yeah. We, we promise we'll try and be better. Uh, I think actually a big part of that is that there's not been a huge amount of happening. Um, and there was quite a lot of negativity around things going on with KOE and Berman. So I don't know if we would have been particularly productive voices. Yeah, I mean, like, obviously, real life stuff has been the biggest yeah. sort of barrier oh, yeah. to, like, recording and stuff. But that's why we're going to try and attempt to have shorter episodes. Not this one, obviously, but the rest will be, hopefully. Well, I think we're at about an hour, yeah, just under an hour and a half, so not bad. That's light, that's light for us. This is mad get light, and this is a snippet of what's to come in the future. So, to wrap things up, uh, if you want to get in contact with the podcast, you can do so by grabbing us on the forum. I am Lost Cause, Paul is Space Goblin. You can also get in contact with us on the platform formerly known as Twitter. Uh, Again, I am MGR, Lost Cause, and Paul is Space Goblin 1. Question Space Goblin one, yeah. No question mark, just Space Goblin one. Just nailed it. Uh, so feel free to shoot us a message. Let us know what you think about the, the labs and Slims. Let us know what you're painting as well, and you can follow what we're doing on the Scottish Ninth Age uh, painting league thread on the forum. And uh, if you are inspired and you want to get involved, feel free to post your pictures of your work in progress there as well. You don't have to be Scottish. We're a friendly bunch, and we'll abuse you all the same. And on that note, we'll draw everything to a close. Thank you for listening and stay tuned and we'll catch you in the next one. See you then. Take it easy, guys. Catch you next time.